Good morning, True Transformation. I am walking on the beach here in Ocean City. Just finished a four-mile run. And uh, what better time than now to release today's interview with Hunter McIntyre, former obstacle course racing world champion, one of the top 50 fittest people in the world, according to Sports Illustrated. This guy took on obstacle course racing when it wasn't as popular as it is now and basically dominated the sport for over half a decade and now he's attempting something that honestly hasn't been seen before it's a crossover from OCR to CrossFit he is going after the CrossFit games which actually kick off this week in Madison Wisconsin he was the recipient of what is called the wild card. This is where CrossFit decides to invite someone who didn't qualify for the games but would be a formidable opponent. Needless to say, and I apologize if it's super loud here, there's people everywhere here on the boardwalk. This beautiful Monday morning, sun is out, birds are chirping. I don't know if it's too early to have a Moscow mule, but I'm craving one. Anyway, Hunter is a formidable opponent and received a special invite from CrossFit, which, by the way, pissed off a lot of people, including some of the top CrossFit competitors. So there's been a little bit of drama surrounding the situation, but once you hear Hunter's interview, you'll realize this guy is super cool. He's got an amazing personality, really funny. Something actually that any sport would really appreciate as far as bringing some attention to the sport. So. I sit down with Hunter today. We talk about his journey, his decision to jump into CrossFit, what the future looks like, and why his mustache is like a 70s porn star. So buckle up, get ready, get ready to meet the bulk pony, Hunter McIntyre, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the True Transformation Podcast with your host, me, Josiah Novak. Welcome to the podcast. Here's my daddy, Josiah Novak. Hunter, man, I'm over here, uh, and this was not on purpose, I swear to God, but I just got back from a long bike ride, and I'm, I'm sipping on a Fit Aid, man. You would be, you'd be stoked. I actually just drank a Focus Aid before <laughs> this because I wanted to be so in tune with the questions you asked that I'd just be, I'd be like a laser beam. Before you asked the question, I had an answer. <laughs> you're, you're reading my mind already. That's amazing. That's the power <laughs> of Fit Aid, right? This is not an advertisement, by the way, but I love it. Um, I, uh, I drink like four of those things a day. Whether or not I was a sponsored athlete, I love this stuff. I actually don't drink very much water. You're catching me at a very rare point in time. My girlfriend, she's very hard on me, so she's making me drink. This this right here is a baby court. So I was about to say, how do you have huge hands? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like a super villain. No, um, I have to drink these here. a day. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to get into water, but usually if you caught me – at any other point in time of the day, I drink about a gallon of orange juice, four Fit Aid, and any other sugar-based product you got. Oh, man. I was crossing the line of a Spartan race, and they handed me this little can of, um, like, miracle juice. And I, yeah. just, I had one, and I was like – I called my wife, and I was like, I don't know what this is, but stock, <laughs> stock the pantry. Nectar of the gods. <laughs> Nectar of the gods. I don't know if you can catch the lighting right now. I can see that you have a good-looking beard, but – I actually, before I got on here, I took my buzzer out and I trimmed up a little mustache. So, you know, I just wanted to fill you in that you're talking to a man with a mustache right now. That is amazing. And a mullet too, by the way. Yeah, that thing is hot. This you thing got, is sexy. 
it's rare to find someone with an Eminem. Like it's, it's yeah. very rare. Maybe maybe seventies porn star. I don't know. That was always my dream job. If I didn't <laughs> if I didn't care about my family as much as I did, I would have been in that industry way before the fitness industry. Because the fitness industry, even though it's exciting, like it's always it's very like lots of endorphins and makes your body look good and stuff. I don't think you can beat the endorphins of being in the 70s porn industry. <laughs> yeah, watch Boogie Nights and watch the CrossFit Games. Let me know which one you like better. 100%. Everybody's going to text me right away halfway through Boogie Nights. And, you know, I'm never going to hear back about the CrossFit thing. That's amazing. Well, I appreciate the beard comparison. My wife has been on me to shave for like two days now, so I, I think it's time. Dude, you're lucky. You can grow a beard. I'm still not man enough. I actually just started to get a little bit of chest hair. <laughs> it's a, I'm so blonde you can't really see it but you know any hair that you do have that's that's a god-given right so where don't let her take it from you my dad had a mustache up until I was tw uh, 28 years old roughly and the day he shaved it was the scariest day of my life bro the scariest day of my life bro, Seeing was this man without a mustache that is the worst I mean that gave me nightmares still when I think about it I, I get goosebumps man it's crazy he, he's half the man he used to be <laughs> He's like Samson without the hair. Yeah, dude, I bring up that comparison all the time. People are like, why are you growing out the mullet? I'm like, Samson. And I also eat tons of honey because Samson used to eat honey. So, you know, I think people should understand that these books are written about these people because they had great power and there should be great meaning behind the words inside the books. Take it literally every time. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Yeah, well, look, I, you know, I've known about you for – some time and i have to say and this is not to like butter you up or anything like that you're i love you're hilarious you're hilarious bro like your your instagram i'm not big on watching people's stories these days because i have a life and stuff but um yeah. yours is fucking awesome yours is hilarious oh, thanks man the, the three that you do a week <laughs> well yeah well here's the thing i i remember when i first got i first found out about instagram i just had this conversation the other day I was dating a girl at the time. She was like taking pictures and she was posting it. And I was like, what are you doing? She's like, it's Instagram. I was like, who the fuck do you think you are where you think that you're going to post a picture and people are going to give a dang about what, you, what you're taking pictures of? I was like, quit being so, so into yourself. This is the dumbest idea ever. And now look where we're at. So I've had oh, to have yeah. like a very a psychological battle in my brain where one, I'm like, ugh. I hate taking pictures and doing things. And then I thought to myself, I was like, all the things that I think are absolutely hysterical for myself, I'm just going to record so that I pretend like I'm my only viewer. And <laughs> to be totally honest, it's had great response because I do a lot of weird stuff. That's, that's almost like a trick of the trade though, is like, just put yourself in the viewer's shoes and just do shit that you would like. Cause there's probably other people out there that are like same type of crazy sense of humor. that would probably think it's funny. And 100%. you're up to the races, dude. Yeah. Well, if I'm enjoying it and a couple of my close friends and some new friends enjoy it, that's all I need to know. Because otherwise, if I like went like a, maybe like a month and nobody said something nice to me about it, I'd be like, I think I've reached the end of my rope here. Time <laughs> to take her. It's too dark. It's too dark. Time to, time to take her down. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, Johnny Knoxville when he created Jackass. It was like, let's just do what we do anyway and get paid for it. Let's like, let's get hurt and actually make money off of this shit. Oh, dude, that would have been another great career. 
Mm, Gosh, yes. I, I really, I really blew it. I really blew it. I had the wrong friends and I grew up in the wrong <laughs> era. Do you remember CK? Did you ever watch CKY? It was the first version of Jackass. Oh, that's old school, dude. That's really Way old, school. old school. And it was like, we skateboarded a lot growing up. So what we did was we were getting in shopping carts and we'd take ourselves off the same jumps or down the same half pipes that we did. And we'd make swings that went into trash cans and we'd do human bowling and stuff. Like, gosh, we thought it was so cool. And they took it all the way. And Wild Boys. <laughs> Do you remember yes. Wild Boys? Oh, Wild Boys was the was my shit. That was like perfect. Recorded. If I could have had a DVR back then, I would have recorded that. Oh my gosh, I love animals and I love doing stupid things. Combine the two, gold. <laughs> Absolute gold. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. So growing up, like, were you always active? Like, were you, you know, because I mean, we're we're kind of dating ourselves with Wild Boys here. I think we're. I don't know how old you are, but that's definitely thirty. Old. Yeah, we're we're almost the same age. I'm a little older than you, but we're it's hard we're to say definitely. Out loud. I know, right? I mean, once I hit 30, I was like, I got this embarrassment when I'd say how old I was. Like, it was weird. Like, your brain just goes, hey, you should be kind of embarrassed. <laughs> no, I don't feel embarrassed about saying my age. I feel embarrassed about saying my age. And then in the same sentence, I'm surrounded by people who saw me do things that would be <laughs> in the life of a 12 to 15-year-old. Because they're like, look at me. They're like, hey, man, how old are you? Like, you just get out of college? I'm like, no, I'm actually 30. And, uh, you know uh no. yeah oh gosh yeah so i i think they say that the average guy matures about five years slower than the woman and then i mature about five years <laughs> slower than the average guy so i'm only 20 and how, how is your ninth birthday <laughs> yeah my ninth birthday yeah i have got a lot to recollect about today. <laughs> but um i i was always an active guy uh i never touched a weight until i was 19 years old holy shit yeah, never touched a weight, never did a workout until I was 19 years old. I was on wrestling teams and I was on running teams and lacrosse and all that kind of stuff. But let's say they're like like a timed mile. Yeah, sure, I ran it, but did I really like work it? You know what I mean? Mm. Now when I go into a gym, like I'm hitting percentages and I'm hitting maxes and I'm holding thresholds and stuff and like I'm going for rep ranges. Like there's actual meaning to the work that I do. But I can honestly say I did not do anything that I had like even a penny's worth of investment in until I was nineteen. Holy shit. So why nineteen? Like what what happened leading up to nineteen that you like the light switch goes on, you're like, oh shit, I need to like start doing something. Well you know, I was always involved in sports and I was always like a jockey kind of guy. And I was always a kind of a machismo kind of guy. And I always liked competing against people. Like, you know, if, if I bumped into you, I'd be like, let's arm wrestle. Let's bike down this hill as fast as we can. Let's bike up this hill as fast as we can. Let's see if we can get to the top of this tree as fast as possible. So I was always competitive. Um, but I never really put work in that would really allow you to become better at the things you're competitive at other than just competing a lot. Mm. Um, and I went to, everybody graduated high school. I got in a lot of trouble and had to go to rehab for a year right afterwards. And when I got out, I had lost all the opportunities to go to schools that were recruiting me to play sports. And then after that, I went to this D3 school in Rhode Island. And it's, it was one of the best D3 schools in the country when it came to developing athletes. So a lot of kids would go there almost like a JUCO and mm -hmm. go there, work their ass off for a year or two, then transfer D1 or, you know, stay there all the way through. It was still an impressive school to be at. But I got there and I was like, I just felt like I, I, I was on academic probation. They wouldn't let me do practices. So I had to do things on my own. 
And I was so sick and tired of these asshole kids who thought that they were better than me because they're like, you're after jump probation. You're a junkie loser. And I'm like, fuck you guys. <laughs> um, so I just started running harder than everybody at practice. Then all of a sudden I started, we had this weight room downstairs because I lived in the wrestling house and I would just sit there and I, I like, you know, I was flipping through probably like a muscle and fitness type magazine and I, crack the thing open and I see like an incline press with some plyos with some rows like you know the first version of circuit training that you're introduced to like that that guy who looks picture perfect and mm -hmm. is like kind of covered in Hollywood sweat in the pictures you're like all right cool I'll, fuck I want to look like that I'll do that and I just started doing it and I started doing it a lot and uh you know I just got off the backside of being in rehab where I was a logger for eight of those months mm -hmm. and during that time, I got really strong, like really, really, really strong and really big. Like I went from 160 something pounds to 215 in <laughs> such a short period of time. It was like a second puberty. Still, yeah. I told you about these chest hairs that are coming in bad boys. This, this is the third puberty right now. <laughs> this is, this it is. Take out the calendar. I'll have another one. Um, so uh, I just think I just was tired of getting half of the results for zero of the work. So, you know what I mean? Hmm. You put in all the work and you get all the results. And, you know, your results are limited by one, your work effort and your work potential. Right. Work effort means, hey, like, you know, if you're five foot five and you work your ass off all the time, you might become a really good basketball player, but you never might never play in the NBA yeah. because your work potential is limited by the fact that you're just so tiny. You're not Teen Wolf or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So you, you know what I'm talking here. Um, but the thing was, is I found where I had my potential and I put the work into it. And the next thing you know, just, I started being fitter than everybody and I started feeling good about myself. And it was just like the kind of thing, it was probably the only thing that I really had a grasp on in my life because I didn't really care about school. I didn't really care about anything else. It was the only thing that was really controllable hundred percent by me. So, uh, I just started getting dedicated. So you mentioned rehab, like, do you think, I mean, do you have an addictive personality? Like, do you think that led to just like fucking going nuts with the fitness thing? Um, I don't think I have an addictive personality. I definitely have like a full on, I never said I was a drug addict. I always said I was a drug enthusiast and I'm very enthusiastic about doing <laughs> anything that is a good time. Now it could be heroin or it could be like, you know, one rep max bench or, you know, running a race up in the mountains doing Spartan races. So um, like I could literally stop competing tomorrow and I could stop exercising tomorrow. I mean, I would never want to, but if you told me like, Hey Hunter, you can stop exercising, uh, tomorrow. Like my buddy, he, he had this heart problem. He had to basically stop exercising completely for the rest of his life. And he was one of the best milers I ever met. And he's still doing completely fine. He put all of his attention into working and now he's very, very successful with some of his coaching business. So I think I could do the same exact thing. I'm just, I got to be somebody who's always kind of got a hammer and nails or a shovel and a headlamp. I got to be digging and, and doing. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, was rehab though, like, cause how, you said you were 14? No, no, no. I was, I was 18 to 19. Oh, earlier. okay. Okay. So did rehab work? Like, <laughs> or, um, were you, or were you just like, fuck, I got to get out of here. I, I think I kind of wanted to just get out of there. Like, listen, it gave me great perspective in the way that I was like, I don't want to be, a drug addict like mm. there, these there's nothing really that exciting about being a drug addict rather than other than getting high and getting high 
when it starts to get in the way of everything, like you're no longer really that high anymore. It needs to be an upswing mm. and then a downswing and then upswing and a downswing. If you're always high, there's no, there's no upswing there. Yeah, so yeah. I just realized, I just realized I was like, fuck it. I'm not doing any of this stuff anymore. So certainly I did some more drugs for a handful of more years and it took me a while. Once I got a rehab to realize that like fully I needed to disconnect, but, uh, I, I, I just gain appreciation for working hard and doing things outside of just being a fuck up. Yeah. And speaking of working hard, like you became a world fucking champion at a, at a sport that I consider to be probably the most, like the fastest growing sport right now, which is OCR. Um, I fell in love with running Spartan races like a year and a half ago after just being a guy who liked to lift weights and do sprints. And you know, yeah. the thought of running a mile was like, ah, that's not, that's not for me. Right. Yeah. But then I did one and I was like, I got third place. And I was like, oh shit, this is actually fucking, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, and so you, you dive into OCR. How'd you get into OCR though? Like if you just pick up a muscle and fitness, like there wasn't anything about OCRs in muscle and fitness, I don't think. No, it was, it was like kind of like, I'll try to just play a little connect the dots. Like I'll do it quickly. But I dropped out of college when I realized that I just wanted to be an athlete and I didn't want to study. Like if you look at any one of my apartments um, or homes, like there's books all over the place. I read mm. the books that I want to read. I don't read the books that the professors hand me. Um, so I work out, studied my own shit. And then all of a sudden I got into modeling. Like I was offered a modeling career that um, contract that year. And I moved to Miami. Then I moved to New York city. Then I moved to Europe. Then I moved, started moving all around and started getting like, really lean and appreciating the parts of like actually making your body look good. Sure. Uh, but it wasn't really, and then all of a sudden I was like, I don't really like just looking good. I want to perform better than everybody else. A lot of times I would go to these modeling photo shoots and sure kids looked ripped and they had these perfectly cut pecs and arms and shoulders and stuff. But then I'd be like, all right, let's see who can do push-ups until they pass out. And these kids <laughs> were just, were so freaking weak. All right. I remember I, I did uh, an Abercrombie shoot up in Lake Placid. And I remember there's Lake Placid, a lake. It's a big lake. And we all would wake up in the morning. And I was like, guys, let's, let's swim across the lake and then we'll run around the thing. And it was one of the smaller lakes around Lake Placid. So it only get you twisted. It wasn't like an Ironman that we were doing. It was just like a, it was a badass workout. So probably about, you know, maybe a mile swim followed by about five miles of running. And nobody wanted to do it. They're like, what, dude? You're going to swim across that lake? I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going to swim across the lake. Like, we're all ripped to shreds. Like, look <laughs> at us. We're titans. Like, we should be able to do this shit. And I just realized, I was like, I'm hanging out with a bunch of pussies. So I got out of that. And then I moved to California. One of my friends was like, Hunter, he's like, you're killing it. I'm killing it. Come out to California with me. And I'll help set you up out there and just keep me in good shape while I'm crushing it. And you do your thing too. And I'm like, perfect. So I moved straight to Malibu, 22 mm -hmm. years old now, had bopped around doing some of the other fun stuff. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I need to find a way to channel this energy. So I started going on active.com and active.com had all these half marathons, triathlons, everything, trail runs. It just had everything that was available to somebody who's just like a go-getter like you and I and wanted to try some adventurous stuff. So I started doing all those races, boom, six months later, maybe even less, someone comes into my room, one of my roommates is just like screaming about Spartan race. I'm like, what dude? And he's just like, he's like, you can't win this thing. I was like, fuck yeah, I'll win this thing. I'll crush this thing. And you know, you just have that, that ego and that machismo that I was telling you about. I was like, I have to go win this thing. So I just started running up and down the hills and I started lifting all the weights and I started doing all the YouTube search and I was like, 
this actually seems like something that is way cooler than the rest of the stuff. Cause going in the gym and doing buys and tries and going outside and running miles, like those independently are exciting. But then all of a sudden there's this sport where you're running five minute miles and flipping 400 pound tires and climbing up over shit. That's like, you know, mind blowingly difficult. I was like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> what I went and ran the, my first thing and I came, you, you placed better than I did. And it was less competitive back there. I came sixth place out of 10,000 people at the Malibu, um, the Malibu one. So it was like, okay, this is it. So I started putting in all my research and I started, I called my dad and, my dad doesn't know anything about sports other than Tiger Woods. And he gives, <laughs> he gives me some really terrible advice. And we just start going, dude. We start going for it. And they were my first sponsors. They helped pay for me to get to a couple of races. And within less than three months from that, I had a contract with Spartan Race and Reebok. And it was, Holy shit. It was so fast, man. It was like completely random. And if I, I honestly would be like closing my eyes and trying to throw darts into a dartboard. There was like no reality, no direction. Because there had never been something like this before. I was the first ever person signed to a Spartan pro team. Mm. Only other person who was really killing it before me was this guy named Hobie Call. I'm sure you might have heard of him yeah. once in a while. And he was very off the grid. Like, you know, he's a man who lives with his five children. In, it's like a teacher or something, right? No, he does. He, that's Cody Moat. That's another, oh, another guy. Yeah. Spe spectacular person who's just as off the grid as Hobie. But, you know. He was working, he was doing HVAC, heat and air conditioning um, oh, engineer work and work, working with his kids. And like, he was just being a good father, but he never, there's no information about it. So I was like, I had to figure out my own stuff. And I just basically started, you know, look, researching, looking at races and picking the ones. I was like, I got to go win that one. I got to go win this one. I got to go win this one. And there was a world championship scheduled a year later. And I was like, done, let's go do this. And I just was off. And I told myself literally from the start, there's not one question in my mind that I couldn't be a, a, the best in the world at it. And, you know, maybe that's a little bit cocky, but it's the same thing with me going into CrossFit. Like, sure, it's my first year doing it. Sure, I'm not the best, but I don't have a doubt in my mind that if I decided to put every ounce of muscle into this thing and every ounce of dedication, I could be the best. Where do you so, think that comes from, man? Like, because you mentioned your dad, you said... <laughs> Tiger Woods is the only thing he knows about sports. That's hilarious. But like looking at you, I think you come from like a long lineage of fucking, you know, like, oh, my dad ran, you know, 100 miles on a Saturday afternoon for fun type of thing, you know? That's 100% the way my kids are going to talk about me. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, but, you know, to be honest, my family is a bunch of lazy shits. They do not. <laughs> nobody, nobody works out. Uh, nobody works out. It's so funny. You know, they work out just to say at the table, like, I'm like, you taking care of yourself? Well, well yeah, I work in, I went and did this the other day. I I'm walked like, to the refrigerator just a few minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I went jogging, you know. I'm like, it does not count running up and down the lawn about four or five times. Um, you know, there is some good blood in my family. Like, you know, my aunt on my dad's side was a spectacular runner, and my dad was a good tennis player. But, like, you know, both stuff they did in high school. So it showed they had potential. But there's a huge difference between high school athletics and professional athletics. Like, mm. potential versus, as I said before, like, maximizing what you have and working it. So that's why there's pros and there's, you know, non-pros. And my grandfather, he was such a badass. Like, I got to give him a shout-out every time I talk about my family. The dude went from Rhode Island, went to John Hopkins, then to, for med school. Oh, no, he went to, there for undergrad, then went to Harvard for med school. Then he did his um, 
something else. I can't remember the next stage, but he, he did all that to become a doctor and he gave up on sports completely. And then once he was an established doctor and could pay for his family, that's when he went back to competing and he became a world champion in track and field as a masters. And, um, wow. and he became, I think he took third in the masters Olympics, like during the steroid era too, of like when these, like, you know, all the Germans and Russians were freaking just juiced to the gills. Just and like horses you know, out there, dude. Just yeah, horses. just could take a rock and throw it <laughs> a football field. Like, they're just, they're, they're animals, you know. Back before anybody, there was, like, integrity of, uh, of like, you know, sport or design. But, yep. you know, they're all really amazing athletes. I don't take it away from anybody. But, uh, yeah, dude, like, they, that was all in my family. But in reality, I everybody in our family just worked hard and it wasn't cool to sit at the table unless you had something to say. Mm. And I had three older brothers and a hard, hard working dad and a hard, hard working grandfather. And you know, these are the men in my family. I'm not saying the women didn't represent a ton too. You know, my, my mother was such an incredibly, you know, she, she didn't expect me to do poorly in things, but she didn't like push me to be a monster in things the way the men did. And then my stepmother, the same exact way. She was such a hardworking woman. She was a doctor as well and still does it. And, you know, it just wasn't looked down upon if you did poorly, but it was certainly respected, like very, you know, it was really respected in our household, like if you were a go-getter. And all my brothers, you know, one brother's a lawyer, next one's a neurologist at Cornell right now. And my brother's other one's a hedge fund manager guy. And they're all kicking ass. So you're you know, I'm not going to be the dude sitting at the table and be like, uh, well, you know, I'm bartending and like, <laughs> not to say there's anything wrong with bartending, but I just couldn't, I didn't have the guts to sit at the table and say that. I was like, I'm going to tell everybody a fucking way cooler story than you guys got. I don't care that you made $500 million last week on the stock market. It's like, I want a world title and like beat my chest. <laughs> so, you know, we, it, it just was a, it was kind of, I'm a creature of design by the family. I did that say. Yeah. So you're crushing OCR. Like you've, I mean, you did not just Spartan, but you did like, well, I think you're world's toughest mother champion, right? World champion. World's toughest mother team champion. Oh, team champion. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, and back so when it, back when it was, when I think it was probably the coolest event in the sport. What's the coolest event ago. now? What do you think? What do you think it is now? Well, I thought it was TMX, but tough mother had to kind of really pull back. Um, and remove a lot of their events after their CEO quit. Now they're rebuilding. Hopefully it comes back. But Tough Mudder X, I think, was probably the most well-rounded athletic event um, in the sport and maybe any of the functional fitness sports. Um, but right now, since that's collapsed, I would say I really wish World Toughest Mudder was still around um, still around professionally. It's still it's, They took away the purse because I told you they collapsed. Um, <sighs> Probably OCR World Championships 15K, mm. 100 obstacles and nine miles. That's nuts. Like, not, I'm not talking about hopping over fences. I'm talking about like really gut-wrenching, technical, hardcore stuff. Jesus. And uh, I think that's so badass. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you can't get any momentum on that course. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. Dude, some of the best obstacle racers in the world last year were just completely just, they were stuck like they're in a, you know, a bucket of quicksand. They just couldn't, they couldn't get it done. Yeah. So challenging. And I think it's perfect for the sport because it's interesting. Like I had this conversation the other day. It's these sport, these Spartan race, Tough Mudder and a couple of the other ones have really developed themselves so much. They're just like streamlined. They know exactly what they need to put down to get 
good at um, reviews and they know exactly what they need to put down so that they can be as tight on the penny as they can be. And I understand that you're a business that's functional and you need to hit your margins, blah, blah, blah. But I kind of want to see people put a little bit of extra effort in making it a challenging and exciting annually growing uh, experience. Mm. And OCR World Championships and the company that runs it is the only one that I see really putting down hard efforts to make sure that that happens. And I, I, I applaud them. Yeah. So now you're, I mean, the reason why we're talking is we're, we're just days away from you jumping into the CrossFit games, which by the way, has, has taken my attention at least. Cause I, you know, the CrossFit games, I'm kind of like, yeah, okay, cool. Like Matt Frazier's going to win. So-and-so yeah. going to do, I might check in and see like, you know, who's winning or whatever. I don't really give a fuck to be honest. Right. It's yeah. Kinda the predictable thing before it was before Matt, it was rich froning and all that. Yeah. But now like, and I don't know why, maybe, maybe this is just because I haven't immersed myself in CrossFit. But I don't feel like there's a lot of pool personality-wise in CrossFit. It's a lot of guys who look jacked, right? They are. Perform well. And yeah. that's it, right? And you're like, cool. All right. If you're into, like, seeing performance, you're like, wow, holy shit. That's, that's awesome, right? That guy can yeah. do way more cleans than I can. That's, wow, sweet. Yeah. But now you come in. And you're kind of like, and I hate, hopefully don't take offense to this, but more like a WWE wrestler type of personality where you're like, not afraid to talk shit, not afraid to be like, yeah, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to murder you. And then I'm going to shit on you after. Right. Like that's WWE was a dream job line. Yeah. So why, first and foremost, what made you want to go to CrossFit? Because you're crushing it in OCR, dude. Like you were just murdering the field. Well, two things. One, I looked at it like this. I've competed professionally in OCR since 2012 and I ran my first one in 2011. So that's nine years of doing these things. And I said to myself, I've been on the podium of every distance at the world class level, like, you know, the championships and I've won a ton of world titles. I've made good money and I've won all the television shows wrapping around it. And I just, I've done everything that I could. And I'm not trying to say that so you guys think like, oh, wow, he's the coolest. I'm saying like, I've done it. Mm -hmm. If you've climbed Everest a bunch of times, are you just going to get better at climbing Everest? Or are you going to try to do something new that's going to challenge you? Mm. If you climbed all those big peaks, that's how I thought of it. I've already done the biggest thing that you can. And I was like, I got to try something new. Otherwise, I'm at this, this kind of like this fork in the road where I'm 30 years old. Not many athletes at the age of 30 decide to leave what they've been doing professionally for the past decade of their life practically and challenge themselves in a new way. Am I the athlete that I think I am? Am I one of the fittest people who have ever walked the earth? You know, And like a couple of years ago, I got in Sports Illustrated top 50 fittest people in the world. And I was like, okay, I'm recognized. And I was like, I was near the back of the list. To be totally honest, I was number 50. Um, <laughs> that's awesome yeah but it, you know the, the fun part oh. the, the fun part about the article is I'm the first person you see when you open it that's dope yeah because yeah. no, everybody looks at number 50 and then they, they scroll a couple times and they fast Who's forward one? Yeah. So, yeah exactly and it was Cristiano Ronaldo and I'll give it to him he's a freaking mm. animal totally beast um, but I said to myself I was like well I just don't think people know enough about me to say that anything otherwise so they, they put me on the list i'm grateful but i don't think um sorry we had a little uh, no, you're good pause yeah so they put me on the list which i'm grateful about but here's the reality 
I think more of myself and I think I would like to be able to show the people the potential of what you can do with a mind and a body if you freaking put everything into it. So I said, screw it. It's time to make the leap. And then, you know, it was just this reality that I thought to myself was, I've been watching CrossFit for so many years and every single time these people keep on, they, they're so respected and they're so well, like, you know, everybody's like the fittest on earth. I was like, you guys say you're the fittest on earth. I was like, go to literally any Olympic training center, go to any like, you know, world-class arena and you're just the champion of your little arena. There's millions of arenas around the world, mm. soccer, you know, football, track and field, whatever the heck it is. There's so many other sports and you guys are the smallest blip on the smallest radar, but they still keep on toting that, you know, that title fittest on earth. And I'm not going to disrespect them. They're total badasses. But rather than me saying, you're not that I have to go beat them at their own game. Mm. And I've raced so many of these guys. Like last year we did TMX, the, our championships, which was in Virginia, right around the corner from you in Doswell. I, I competed against Patrick Vellner. He took second in the world. I competed against Jacob Hepner. He took third in the world in the open. Um, Straith Horner. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's like, you know, a half dozen CrossFit Games athletes there, not just like, you know, the back of the pack guys, the top. So I said, screw it. I'm just going to rip these guys to shreds at their own game. And I just been training for it hard. And I, listen, I'll, I'll t be totally honest. I hate handstand pushups. I hate snatching. I hate doing walking over staircases on my hands. I don't think that stuff's athletic. I think it's certainly a way to measure who's better at doing those things. Yeah. But have you ever met an athlete who trains walking up and down stairs on their hands? I mean, the only snatch I like is the movie, man. That's right. That's damn right. <laughs> That's damn right. And Brad Pitt will stand by that movie, but he would never stand by a damn power snatch. So. Right. So that's my, that's my thought. I'm going to go beat them at their own game. But I think if we just took out the raw, like to see who's the most powerful person on earth, you probably got to do a broad jump, a one rep max power type lift and uh, maybe a, like a hundred yard sprint. And then for endurance, I would take maybe a, 5k run or like even probably put it faster than that i'd put a 10k run i'd put a 2000 meter row and then uh swim maybe or a bike mm -hmm. and you know put it in between maybe a 5k row or you know a two, like a one mile swim and try to hit all domains of distance and stuff and then for raw strength just like a deadlift and then for capacity i'd see who could do the most strict pull-ups uh, in gymnastics and maybe the most strict push-ups it's just raw capacity and, but, you know, that's my opinion of who's the fittest on earth. Uh, so screw it. I just said, I'm just going to go play their game. And now look where we're at. We're in the CrossFit games and we're about five, six days away from leaving. Yeah, dude. So like, cause a lot of people who are listening probably have no idea how you got into the CrossFit games, which I think is the coolest part, but yeah. there's, there's something this year called, what is it? The wild card, right? I didn't even know what the, the fuck it was. I, I remember following you for OCR stuff, but I was yeah. like, what the hell is a wild card? What, what is Wild that? card, blowhard card. <laughs> Here's the thing. It popped up and I heard about it for the first time probably back in like July or maybe July last year. It was in the summer last year. Maybe it was September. Sorry. Whatever. Um, and 
the next thing you know, I looked at it and I was like, whoa, are they really going to offer a spot to the CrossFit games because you're a badass in another sport? And I was like, I'm a badass in another sport. And I was like, I've buried these guys a handful of times. So who's a better option? And I was like, okay, I'm just going to, I just started telling everybody. I was like, yeah, I'm going to the CrossFit games. I'm going to win the wild card bid. So many people were like, shut up. No, you're not. And I'm like, yep, can do it. And, <laughs> and yep, it's happening. Yeah, totally happening. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, we're, it starts to really get around. And I found it in the rule book. I found it in the rule book of the CrossFit game. So it was a hundred percent there. And that was their opportunity because of their private business and whether or not they're going to execute it. And I was like, here's what I'm going to do. Um, I was sitting down with, I was sitting down with a couple of the uh, executives from, from fit aid. And I was sitting down and this uh, guy, Chris Hinshaw, who's like the aerobic coach for all the best CrossFitters in the game. He was like, dude, you should really go for that. He's like, you're a perfect example. He's like, I'd love it if you went. I was like, okay, let's put all of our poker chips down. And Aaron, the guy who's the, you know, he's the CEO or CEO of, um, of FitAid was like, I'll help you. They've been sponsoring me longer than anybody else. And I was like, okay, let's get this thing started. And we just decided that we were going to start traveling around to work with all the best CrossFit athletes and start sharing the story of me trying to go to the CrossFit games and hopefully get some attention. And it pissed off people like crazy, <laughs> like crazy. Like these CrossFitters were losing their shit. Lots of getting, butt hurt. Yeah. It's sending me like, you know, death letters or whatever. And, you know, you know, all sorts of, Respect yeah. the sport, man. Yeah, I know. And I was just like, guys, like, I will literally show you word for word the fact that they add it into your rule book. I didn't do that. Those were not my fingers typing it in. I didn't pay anybody off. I had zero connection with the CrossFit um, Inc. whatsoever. I did this all on my own accord. This is our own money spent, and we worked our asses off. It's not like I just sat there in my backyard drinking a lemonade, waving a flag, <laughs> saying, let me into the games. Like, we fucking worked for it. So, you know what? We got the momentum up and going. And next thing you know, one of my buddies, Armin, he's got like a cool podcast and um, video YouTube series about CrossFit. He went and had a meeting with Greg Glassman. And Greg Glassman is the kind of guy who just shoots from the hip. Very intelligent, very well-structured business. But he's just like, my buddy Armin's like, so what's the story with this wild card? He's like, I don't really know what to do. He's like, well, my buddy Hunter's really fit, pulls a heavy deadlift and runs up under a five-minute mile. And then Greg's like, that's our guy. Perfect. I'll get my people in touch with his people. He's in the games. And that was it, like out of nowhere. Wow. And I think that happened in early June. So I've known about this for less than two months. And I've been, I had fingers crossed and like was full on like praying. Like praying. I was like, I'm going to look like a total idiot if these people never even respond to me. And Boom, we were in. So I hope that wasn't all over the place and you got the gist of it. But the reality is, is it was brand new this year. They've always talked about it in CrossFit about inviting in other champions of sports to see if they can, you know, pull their own weight in um, the CrossFit games. And now I'm the first person in history to be invited based on merit. Dude, that's epic. It's not like you're some fucking accountant who's sitting in his office going, I'd like to do some burpees. Like you're a guy who's accomplished a lot in another sport that's actually got some pretty good crossover, right? There's some running, there's some lifting. I think OCR is absolutely brutal. I've done some CrossFit workouts and OCR will murder you. 
Um, but it's not like you were just sitting on your couch with your thumb in your ass, like, oh, you know what? I'd like to go out there and try it. And they just gave you a pass. Like, then yeah. it would be kind of annoying, right? Like, oh, God. All right. It's average Joe time, right? But now it's like, hey, dude, like, you got to yeah, I certainly got my fair share of people saying to me that, like, you know, what's the difference between, like, next thing you know, it's going to be a, uh, like a fashion blogger who wants to go to the CrossFit Games and post all about their experience. Like, I got so much shit from people. And I was like, I was like, do I even have to, do I have to be the guy who sits down and takes out, like, you know, this, like, absolute, like, Bible's worth of achievements that I have? Like, you know, I could just list, literally, like, I've raced um over 100 ocr events and i've come off the podium just over five times mm. you know in between world titles and all, all these types of things i was like don't make me be this guy who's just gonna stuff this down your throat but the, i don't know why but crossfit really just backlashed against it and i had to really stomach it because you know every single year i go out and i compete in a sport and there's certainly people who don't want me to win but has there ever been like a rallied campaign around people i've never met before who just like cold like want me dead like you know cold-blooded <laughs> murdered on the street because i didn't qualify through the open like matt fraser did so i was like wow this is pretty crazy but you know what it, it, it took a second there was a little bit of a dip of emotions but now i'm back on top where i was like god this is this is all part of it like this is why i compete because there's nothing else that i've found in, in my life that allows me to have these kind of ups and downs and highs and great like you know respect for the achievement that I've pulled off and other athletes have pulled off because, you know, I, I say this to people all the time. There's hundreds of doctors, if not thousands of doctors around the world that do incredible things. And there's thousands and, uh, you know, of people who can be engineers and pilots and things like that. And these are all extremely hard to do jobs, but every single year, there's only one world champion crowned of every single sport. That is the most mm -hmm. narrow steep peak that you can stand on. And like, you know, for, as for Olympians too, it's just like, it, that only comes around once every four years. It's, that's the, that's a tribe that you need to work your hardest to get into and, and very few people are ever going to make it. Not to say that, you know, anybody listening to this should ever, you know, back down because of my harsh words, but I think it should make you even more excited to work hard if that's something you dream to do. So it, it every single time this happens to me, I, I get, uh, I get the shakes in my body cause I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for you, man. I'm actually going to, tune in. And I think honestly, from a business perspective, you couldn't have picked a better person, right. To represent the wild card shit, because now everybody's going to, I mean, that's, I mean, it's the perfect underdog story, right? It's, and not to say you're an underdog by any means, like I, I'm sure you're a formidable opponent for all these top guys, but at the end of the day, like there's going to bring a lot more eyeballs to the sport, which is kind of a boring, it's an extreme sport. It's like, you know, if I'm a bowler, I'm watching the bowling championships, right? Yeah. If I'm a crossfitter. I want, you know, same with, I just pulled up the Spartan, you know, race that was in Utah. I'm watching it on YouTube. Why? Cause yeah. I like to run Spartans, but this is yeah. going to bring a lot of different eyeballs who are just watching it because they like you, man. They just, you know, they like your personality. Well, it's exciting. I mean, I'm, I'm very happy. I've, I've realized a lot of the people who are my fans are, are pretty serious fans and it's been exciting to see that uh, the people kind of come around me in that experience. But I, I think it is going to open people's minds to human potential and also bring in a lot more viewers for the sport, which is good for everybody. The, yeah. the viewers, the competitors, the businesses that surround it. And that's what you have to really do, man. I mean, it, the, we are not NFL players or NBA players where we have these, you know, $30 million a year contracts, which, you know what, for dribbling a basketball, I think maybe you should share some of the wealth elsewhere, but you know what? Some <laughs> people love basketball. Uh, it's, it's crazy though. So, I hope that this gives people an opportunity because 
I was a deadbeat nobody for a while and I had nothing going for me other than the fact that I had an ego and I had a work ethic. And every single time I tell this story, I hope that there's somebody listening being like, that's me too. Mm. So like, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that somebody else fast forward, they, they get the same exact uh, opportunity to me when it comes up next. That's amazing, man. What, how do you want to be remembered? Because you, you've done a lot. Is there more you want to do? Or do you feel like, hey, like you, you have something in mind as far as like your legacy? But how, how do you really want to be remembered when people look back at your career? Like how, how do you want people to look at it? Um, I just I do want to just be remembered as one of the fittest, most well-rounded, hardworking athletes in, in this generation. You know, I'm never going to try to be the person who sits at the top and says, I'm better than Bo Jackson or this, that, and the other thing. Like, I'm not the person to argue that. I'm just the person to work my ass off so that other people can argue it for me. And uh, I just, I love working hard. And I'm going to work my ass off for another five years. I think that's when I'm going to throw in the towel, like around that 35 mark. And I just want to know that when I look back, at least for my own appreciation, that I worked so freaking hard that I can look back and like smile and say that I gave every ounce of it because it's, I'm a very, cut like you know draw the line the same kind of person when i'm done competing i'm done competing i'm not going to be going back and doing things and trying to be that athlete who comes out of retirement or pokes fingers at the younger guys and be like back in my day i could have you know so i i think i'm gonna have a really great life no matter how the results end up over the next five years because i've worked so hard and i've had some accomplishments that i can kind of rest on um so far but I'm, I'm never going to be – until the day that I decide to put that hat down, um, I'm going to work every ounce of every muscle that I have in my body to push it. And then after that, uh, I'll probably be a house husband. I'll probably marry Rich. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, 100%, dude. That's the next generation. I'll probably have a show kind of like the, the View where I wake up in the morning and have coffee with my friends and talk about what's going on in the world. And then I'll go back to my fabulous house on the beach. <laughs> Sign me up for that, dude. That's what I need. Hey, once I figure it out, I'll give you the, form, the blueprint for it. Yeah, get a couple little, little uh, ponies running around, man. Little mini, little mini ponies. That's right, dude. I, I got some coming. Yeah, dude. That's awesome, man. Well, hey, um, I know your, your schedule's jam-packed as you get ready to wrap up this final week of prep. Appreciate you coming on the show, man. Um, I know it's, it's not easy to take time away from what you have going on. I know we joke around a lot, but I know the focus and the work ethic is, is at a high level, so I appreciate you taking the time, man. Actually, dude, this is quite refreshing. I'm, I'm very excited to be able to talk to somebody because these last uh, days getting ready for the games, it, it all gets kept up in here. And uh, sometimes the worst thing you can do is not release it. So it's nice to catch up with somebody who's a believer and a uh, hard worker themselves. And I'm, I'm very appreciative to be able to spend time with you, man. Thanks, brother. Thanks for coming on the show. And uh, where can people connect with you? I know because, and not to plug your shit for you, but um, I know you have a uh, program. I've actually purchased your program. I think it's called Biceps Win Races. Um, yeah, I, we got I purchased it, dude, because I tore my bicep um, about uh, three months ago in a Spartan race. And I was like, I need something to start getting my shit back together once I'm ready to go again. And so oh, I, man, I, can give, I, I can give you some tips. I got yeah, I, right now, um, the easiest way to get a hold of me is through Instagram. If you ever want to ask any questions, I always try to really be responsive to people because that's how I got where I was at. I just kept on reaching out to the people who inspired me. So I would say always reach out to me there, huntermcintyre.com. If there's anything um, like, you know, that I'm, I'm working with that, you know, you would like to get involved with, I either I'm selling programs or working with companies that have been sponsoring me. And 
I only work with people that I really believe in the products of. So, um, you know, developing products that are coming out soon that are really cool. Uh, but as for race programs, man, I'm, I'm super pumped that you bought the thing. I've got another one coming out that's going to help me get ready for some of the long district championships in the fall. Nice. Um, be careful with that bicep. I got another, uh, the next program dude is all about just getting ready to do that hundred obstacles. Cause I'm telling you right now, that's the equivalent of probably doing like 200 strict pull-ups in, in a, like, you know, more than that, sure. probably 300 strict pull-ups in, in that race. So I'm just practicing resistance bands, all different kinds of grips and things like that. So I'll send over the new one to you for free and you can just check it out and get buck wild. Oh, I'm pumped, man. Yeah. No, the bicep was just a freak accident. It was just a slippery course, man. And, uh, for it just just trying to keep grip on something stupid it was just a dumb injury it wasn't because my biceps suck or whatever <laughs> build it back bigger than better oh, buddy yeah it'll be back stronger than ever man i'll be out there in november so we'll, be, we'll be good to go all right dude well thank you so much for your time i'll be in touch and i'm keeping this mustache next time you see me it's gonna be twice as thick <laughs> i'll be rooting for you at the games brother good luck with everything man see you bro see you man Thank you for listening to the True Transformation Podcast. Don't forget to leave us a rating and a review and subscribe to the show. True Transformation.